Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. something similar to what the Sea of Galilee was. And, and Jesus' ministry not only was uh, subject to the Sea of Galilee, but is also working around um, Lake Chesmere, which is um, something that kind of resonated with me as I, as I was listening. Um, and because of that, because Jesus is actually moving along Lake Chesmere, and that our own mini Sea of Galilee is actually, I'm so terrible with directions, but it's, it's over there? <laughs> I think, yeah, okay. I, I, in, in our, actually, in our Tuesday, um, wait, is it over there? Oh, wait, <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, in our, actually, uh, every Tuesday we have meetings at, at uh, where all the pastoral staff get together. And I'll always be like, oh, yeah, Rainbow Falls over there. And they'll be like, yeah, it's over there. And I just, like, I, I, I just, directions aren't my forte. Uh, I've, I've had people tell me, like, you know, turn east at the lights, and I'm like, right or left? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, so that all aside, uh, um, Lake Chestermere, Jesus is moving in and out of our community and our city through the, through the best parts, through the most joyful parts. Like, Jesus is moving in when we're like, we're a community together. Jesus is in, in the Festival of Lights in December or on Anniversary Park in the middle of the summer when kids are laughing and playing and everyone's having the best time. And also Jesus is moving through some of the more difficult things, some of the experiences that are happening in our community, especially right now in this weekend. Jesus is moving through difficult, hard things. And well, the sermon I was given to preach that I was actually supposed to speak on April 2nd, I think, but now it's moved to here, was um, the title of it is, let me, <laughs> um, uh, Small Boat, Big Pain. Um, this idea that pain is an existing thing that moves in and around us, and it's, and it's present in our lives, it's present in the world around us, it's present in our neighbors' houses, and it's present around this little Sea of Galilee that we also have here in Chestermere, our lake, our city. And, um, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you guys about. Um, there's a story in the Bible um, that I'd, if you have your Bibles, it'd be great for you to turn to. If you don't, that's totally okay. You can listen along. Um, that comes out of Matthew chapter 9. Um, uh, the, in, in this part of the Bible, Matthew 8 to 10, like the chapters 8, 9, and 10, um, focuses around Jesus moving in and out of the pain of the people around him and what he did and how he interacted. So all th those three chapters, Jesus kind of saw and interacted with pain. He stepped into it. He experienced it with them. He often healed. He often forgave. 
And then, usually in those three chapters, the next thing he always did was say, well, now you can follow me. And those, that, that those three chapters kind of focused on that. But here, here in, in, in the middle of that is uh, Matthew chapter 9. And I'm going to read this, uh, this, uh, this scripture for you guys. Matthew chapter 9 starts with, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his hometown. So Jesus steps into the boat. He sails over, goes to his town. And um, some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. So yeah, Jesus steps into his little boat. He visits someone. He uh, shows compassion and love and sits through them with their pain and forgives them and loves them and seemingly doesn't fix them. Uh, it says he forgave them. Doesn't fix their pain. He forgave. And then right away, um, in verse 3, it continues and it says, At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Um, I have a story for you guys that I'm going to interject into here. Um, one of the uh, hard things about uh, loving people is uh, some people don't always agree on how you should be loving people. There's sometimes like rules you need to follow or you need to follow a certain etiquette and sometimes they can come and belittle the love that you are uh, participating in. So I have an example. Um, back in January, if you guys remember, um, there was some very, very cold weeks. Um, there was a few, there's like three weeks of cold in a row where it was like minus 40 almost every day. And uh, I found myself um, on 17th Avenue um, in Calgary and, uh, but on the, but on the other side, like near the Saddle Dome side, like the trendy part of 17th Avenue, if, you, if you've been there, there's all the bars and stuff, and then, um, but if you keep going further down, you'll end up, and there's like, there's a McDonald's, and then there's a Popeye's, and there's a whole bunch of different restaurants, like fast food restaurants, and a lot of homeless population live, kind of surround themselves in this area. Um, I found, um, I was visiting a friend, and I was like, hey, I was hungry, so I stopped at uh, Popeye's to grab some food, and uh, I had three quarters of uh, a drink left. And I just was like, oh, I, I don't want to finish it. So um, I was just going to throw it out. And um, as I was walking out the door, and there was the garbage can outside of the door of the restaurant, um, a guy said, hey, is there anything left in there? And I'm like, uh, yeah, there, there is. And he's like, oh, well, can I have it? And I, my heart kind of just like, kind of imploded a little bit because I just was like, well, this man obviously is so needing something that he's willing to take the leftover Dr. Pepper from some person. And um, I, uh, I, my heart kind of just like, it's like, okay, I, actually, what if, what if I throw this out and what if I get you something to eat? And so he agreed and um, we went into the Popeyes and I bought him some food. And we were sitting in the restaurant and um, the thing about this man is he was very, very loud. Um, he swore a lot, very loudly. And uh, he was kind of um, mildly aggressive. But, um, 
and I'm sure that there was many mental health issues that was going on in his brain and his head. And um, but I, I just sat there and listened to him um, and uh, talked with him. And uh, halfway through our conversation, um, a lady comes up to me, and uh, the lady was like, "I'm with my kids. Can you guys leave? Um, this is inappropriate." And um, my niece sitting there. I actually just felt this, like, anger. I'm like, I don't know. And, but I also, at the same time, felt a complete understanding of where this mother was coming from. Like, she didn't want to subject her kids to the inappropriate language and the loudness, and there was probably an intimidation factor and all that kind of stuff. But my response in that moment was, I'm sorry, but um, if you'd like to eat in peace, maybe you guys need to leave. And in that moment... Some people might think, and some of you people, people in this room might think, and that's okay, might think that, that my response was actually the inappropriate one, that I could have gone somewhere else. But to be honest, in that moment, this man, our only option was to go back into minus 40 weather and continue to eat his food, and they had an option of going back into the car. They had the option to go somewhere else. So I just was like, no, you can leave. And she was kind of surprised and taken aback. She's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I was also surprised because I was shocked that that came out of my mouth. I, I just was like, oh, I don't want to offend you, lady, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and, um, and she left. Um, and one thing that I learned in that moment is I was participating in something where I was loving a person in a way that wasn't traditional. You know, wasn't, wasn't the efficient, right thing to do. In fact, one of my heroes, my absolute heroes, um, he wrote a book that came out last week, and I read the entire thing cover to cover. I'm now on the second read, and it just came out last week. Um, his name's Bob Goff, and in, in this book, he wrote, um, uh, he wrote about how we need to love the people around us in inefficient ways, in inefficient ways. And, and I kind of read that, and I'm like, Wow, like, how many, like, step programs do we have? Or how many, how many, you need to do this and follow this rule and do that so that you can love this. How many things do we follow? And how many times do we, like, okay, how do I just, like, um, get the most bang for my buck when I'm, you know, like, loving someone or if I'm, um, or if I'm um, serving or if I'm, you know, volunteering my time. How do I get the most out of it so they get the most and I get the most and it's efficient and it's good and the most... And what Bob argued in his book was, you know, like sometimes we just need to love someone inefficiently in a way that you don't actually need to figure out the best possible way. You just need to look at the person in front of you and you need to look at yourself inside and be like, how do I just love them the way I, th I love them? And so that's, that, 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 that really struck to my core. And so when I'm reading back in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 3, um, says, at, at this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blasphemy. In fact, Jesus was doing something that was not normal and was not okay, and it was seemed that way, even though he was loving him, the, his neighbor in his best possible way. In fact, the Son of Man, God himself incarnate, was forgiving the person in front of him, and that's the most loving thing you can do, and yet people were still judging him for doing that. So sometimes, sometimes loving someone doesn't have to be A, B, C, 1, 2, 3. 
Sometimes it is inefficient and way longer than it should be, and that's kind of how Jesus did it. Let me continue reading. It says in verse 4, Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Um, This one is kind of an easy one for me. Um, I'm going to read that again. It says, which one is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say get up and walk? And, you know, I'm going to actually make a strong case to say the harder thing to do is to say your sins are forgiven. Let me explain why. For those who have spouses in this room, what is easier, to give your spouse an Advil when they have a headache or to sit and spend time with them, give them a back rub and love them in the moment and spend that time with them? What is easier, to fix the problem or to be in the problem? And that's what Jesus is saying here. It's like, well, what, what is the easier thing? Is it easier just to fix it and move on? Or is there something happening when someone's in pain that you can actually love and nurture and be closer with them through that pain? And what if pain isn't actually the worst possible thing? What if pain brings us closer and that's a good thing? He says, which is easier, to to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? And it continues in verse 6. I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So, he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man, who again was paralyzed, the man got up and walked home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to men. The big question is here, how do we turn our little sea of Galilee that's around us here into a place filled with awe, praising God. And to be honest, I think the answer here is we need to love more inefficiently. We need to love in such a way that is just more just us stepping in and loving to our, or to, that's true to us and true to the people around us. Um, I want to share a story of love that wasn't the most efficient thing, but also did something what Jesus did. Jesus stepped into the situation, he forgave, but he also, he also, as a side note, he was like, but you're also healed too. And so healing is a good thing, and, and, and participating in that. So like when I say, sometimes it's okay to just be like, to be there with your spouse, give them the back rub if they're having a headache, but also give them Advil. Those are, like, you, you don't have to choose one or the other. And so here's, here's, um, here's a story that um, this community here transformed my life. And I've actually never shared this story with, um, with you guys, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to or not. But here, here we are. Um, uh, it, it happened to me, so I'm going to go ahead and, and do it. Um, I'm not going to mention names, but uh, a lot of the people who are in this room or have participated in this room changed my life forever. And that's because of noticing that's okay. That, that's because of compassion, and that's because um, of just the lo- love and the outpouring of love by the people here. So, um, 
I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So like this, this whole story, this whole story in Matthew is about, you know, Jesus forgiving, but also Jesus healing. And for a long time, I really, really struggled with healing. Healing was something that I just, I didn't get, didn't understand, especially physical healing. Uh, it's something I really struggled with. So like, I grew up going to Camp Chesmere, and especially eight or nine years ago, um, we were going through um, times where like, we were praying for people's healings, and then people who were in crutches were like standing up and walking, and everyone would be like, wow, this person who was in crutches is no longer in crutches. And I would be sitting in the back being like, yeah, but did they, were they really healed? You know, like, was, were they just pretending, you know, like, uh, like th this is what was going through my head. And, like, so sometimes, like, you know, sometimes people are more prone to um, exaggerating their injury because of a different, different reasons in their life. And I just kind of was like, well, were they actually healed? And, like, are they, like, you know, so, like, for example, uh, a few years ago, when, my, when I first um, started to, like, really step into my faith, I was like, yeah, I have, like, these really killer migraines. And this, this, this woman came up to me and was like, well, can I pray for it? And I said, sure, you can pray for it. And she prayed for the migraine, and she's, like, like commanding it to get out of my head and commanding it to go away. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, nothing happened. And I'm just like, okay, this migraine in my head is still there. And she's like, did it work? Did, 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 are you feeling better? And guess what I said? I said, yes but it wasn't a win because I didn't want her to feel bad and I, it was just this awkward tension and I just was like, well, okay, um, this healing situation happened and I, I wasn't healed from this migraine. It did go away eventually because that's what headaches do, but um, in, in that moment it didn't disappear and she thought it did. And then the hard part is, is I had to then act like I didn't have a migraine anymore um, and it was just, it was just... It was just bad, and, um, and it kind of just, like, brought these, like, thoughts of, like, what, what is healing in my life, and what does that even mean, and, like, are people actually healed? And, like, I would run into these websites, and I don't actually know if this website exists anymore, but I encountered it, and it, like, really messed with me. And it was, like, the website, I don't actually recommend going to it. I mean, it's not bad, but, like, I don't know. The, the website is called GodDoesn'tHealAmputees.com, and that was kind of what was brought to me, this, this website. And I was like, yeah, like, God heals, but, like, no one's arm has ever gro grown back. You know, like, God heals, but no one's leg has ever, like, actually, like, if someone has their foot missing, it doesn't just grow back, and that, that we have no documented cases of that happening. I've heard stories of people saying that that's happened, but I've never seen any proof, and then I'm told to, like, lean on faith on the, in that, and I just kind of, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, what does what does healing even work? Is healing a thing? You know, like, and these are all things. I'm not saying that like God doesn't heal amputees. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that God doesn't cure headaches. I don't think that, and I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is this is what I was struggling with at that time. What? How does God heal? And um, I kind of just uh, was was lost in that. And um, but meanwhile, during all this um, struggle of healing. Um, I was begging for healing myself. I was begging God for healing for, for me. And so, um, unfortunately, uh, for a large part of my life, um, I decided uh, that, this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm just going to share it, um, that brushing my teeth wasn't that important. Um, 
my mom would be like, did you brush your teeth? And I'd be like, yeah, and then I'd just move on. And uh, because of that, and because, um, because of how I treated my um, oral health, I, I, I encountered a lot of problems. Um, a lot of problems where, especially as I stepped into adulthood, because um, I didn't really start brushing my teeth until I got my first girlfriend in grade 12, um, right, like regularly. And, and then when, when, you, when you start brushing your teeth after not really doing it before, um, it, it hurts a lot because it aggravates um, uh, all of the cavities that are in your mouth and it, and it just makes everything painful. So sometimes it's better to not. So I would just stick to mouthwash and I'd just be like, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm not going to brush my teeth because it hurts way too much. But then I would get stuck in this rut of like, I would go to the dentist and I'd find out how much it was to, to, <laughs> to fix my teeth and, and it was looking into five figures. And I just was like, I am 19, I do not have $10,000. I cannot do that. Um, so I was stuck, and I felt stuck. And then I would continue to look after myself, um, and, and I would try, like, I would go through phases of, like, I'm just going to brush my teeth every day anyway, just to get through the, and I'm just going to get through the pain. And maybe I'll get to the other side and it won't hurt anymore. And I was taking way too much Advil. And I was just trying to figure out how to get through all of this pain. And then it got so, so bad. And um, my front tooth um, started to blacken. And I was so scared. Because I'm like, does that mean I'm going to, is that mean that, like, you know, like, my teeth are going to start falling out? I, I'm, at that time, I was 24. I'm like, I, I can't, I, I'm too young for this to happen to me. And I, and I, and I, anxiety was just living inside me. And um, I was trying my best to take care of it. And I knew I couldn't afford it. And um, I was just scared. And then pain was just in my mouth every day to the point of, I would be up sometimes till five or six in the morning with searing pain pulsating through my jaw because it was just too much for me to deal with. I could not handle it. It was, and I, so I would, I would show up at work just like with two hours of sleep and still in pain and trying my best to function, but I just wasn't a full version of myself. And I found myself being like, God, I don't know if, if you heal or not. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. The Bible tells me you do, but does it happen? And I would just be praying and praying and praying to God, like, I just need something because I don't know what to do, and I felt stuck. Three years ago, um, while I was here at this church, I was going through all of that. Uh, someone takes me out for coffee and says, maybe one of the hardest things to say to someone, because you're addressing someone's huge insecurity, and it was very awkward, but I'm so thankful for it. This person takes me out for coffee and says, hey, like, my wife um, noticed uh, that whenever you um, laugh, you cover your mouth, and that you never really smile with your teeth, and um, you kind of look embarrassed um, whenever, you know, like, you don't get close to anyone, and um, we're just wondering why. And to be honest, that was a really, I, I'm so thankful for this person for doing that. And I just was like, I'll just be honest, like, I'm stuck. 
Um, my watch says I've been working out for 14 minutes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess my heart's going. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, and, I, and, I, and I felt stuck. Um, and this person was like, you know what? Um, what I need you to do is I need you to go to the dentist. I need you to figure out how much a full restoration of your temple costs. And I did. And it was $32,000. And I was scared. Because every single tooth except for six had cavities in it. I needed ten root canals. I needed um, um, five teeth were beyond repair, so I needed to um, crown them. Um, and all of this was going to cost a little over $30,000. And I was like, I saw the bill and I'm like, looks like I'm getting dentures. Like, I, there's no way this is fixed. Like, I'll be in my 20s and I guess my life choices led me up to here and here we are. And it wasn't really my life choices, I guess. It was just I, I didn't know better. Um, I didn't understand. And it was really difficult. And I was in a lot of pain, but I was going to do anything to stop that pain. And I was praying so hard for this pain to go away. And I was praying for years. Sometimes when you're going through tough things and going through hard things and going through severe pain, I will tell you that I know that it, sometimes it takes years of praying for a response to happen, and I don't know why. But that's what happened with me. And this person, I brought the bill back, and it's like, this is how much it's going to cost. I'm like, okay, it's covered. And it changed my life. Because I can smile. I can go to bed without pain. I can laugh without being embarrassed. I can be more version of me because of the miracle of a lot of the people in this room that participated in my regeneration and my healing. And here's the thing. I fully believe, without a doubt, that God healed me. It just looked so much different than I thought it would. And so when I look at this story about Jesus healing in inefficient ways and people getting upset and mad, I'm, I'm, why did it take several years? What, what, did, that, did that make me a, a better person? I don't know. Did it change? I don't know what happened. But I do know that Jesus was alongside and loving me every step of the way, even when I felt like he wasn't, even when I felt like healing didn't happen. And when I read this and I see our sermon, we're talking about small boat, big pain. I was in a lot of pain. And sometimes people are in a lot of pain. And sometimes that pain doesn't go away immediately. But that's okay. Because Jesus is there loving you and he's forgiving you. And he's with you along for the journey. And sometimes, just like the paralyzed man and just like what happened to me, sometimes he'll decide that pain can go away for now, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the pain doesn't happen until we move past our earthly bodies. And sometimes that's really hard to manage. And sometimes we don't know. I don't know why I went for years I don't know why this person couldn't come into my life five years before. You know what? Five years before, I probably wasn't ready. I would have turned it down because I would have been too prideful. Probably. I know me. I know my character. I know my ego. Probably. That probably would have happened. I don't know. What I do know is that God knows my heart 
and moved alongside me and moved into my pain, and I was transformed by it. So when we look at our little Sea of Galilee here, how can you love in more inefficient ways? And I think if you read at the very end, and this is incredible, it says, the man got up and walked home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they were praised God who had given such authority to man. You see, in the moment, I didn't know if I was going to share this story with this congregation ever because it felt a little weird to do that. But then I read this, and I'm like, I think I need to share this story because I think that it can be transformative to other people's lives and that we can also step into other people's lives in inefficient and not in completely messy ways and love completely with who we are and the resources we have. You might not have $30,000 to fix someone's teeth. I am, most people in this room probably don't. And if you do, well, let's talk. Um, <laughs> Want to go to a couple Flames games? Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I, I'm kidding. Actually, I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, how how do we how do we how do we sit in the pain of other people and love? Um, what? Because I think our solution to how we turn this little this Lake Chesmere into our own little Sea of Galilee. We sit in the pain in the lives of people around us. And then our community becomes transformed. And that's what happened in Scripture, and I actually fully believe that's what's gonna, that could happen here. So, yes, thank you. If you guys want to stand, that would be great for the benediction. I'm going to read it because I keep forgetting it. <laughs> I'm just going to pray first. God, um, God, there's, there's pain in this community this weekend. God, there's pain um, in other circumstances around the world. There's pain in all around us. Lord, I just pray that uh, we step into that. We don't ignore it. We don't walk away from it. That we, we don't become afraid of it. So, Lord, just bless our time as we learn to love in more inefficient ways. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you as we learn to love and sit through people's pain in wonderfully inefficient ways. Amen. Thank you, guys.